Hello and welcome to Passing for Normal, where normal is shifting every day. I'm your host, Sharon Weil, and during this time of coronavirus shelter, physical distancing, and enormous change and transition, I'm bringing you helpful insights and practices from body-centered practitioners to keep you healthy, balanced, and calm beyond face masks and hand sanitizer. Today, my guest is Rebecca Amos Lawson, psychotherapist, dance movement therapist, and continuum somatic educator. And we're going to be talking about how to use your sense of space and of ground as your primary resource for your health and well-being, whether you're still sheltered inside at home or starting to go more out into the world. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you, Sharon. Oh, it's, uh, it's so great to be in this conversation with you. You have such a unique and helpful way of perceiving and using body and movement to assist your clients and students to make discoveries and to find creative expression and resolve therapeutic issues. So I'm very interested in, uh, in speaking to you about how you are looking at these times right now, the uncertainty, um, and the way in which we can adapt and, and navigate. Yes, yes. I mean, you've already spoken to it that we are living in a terrain of uncertainty. And that particular unknown, that not being in the familiar way in which we feel comfortable, it so often gives rise to uh, interrupt in our system. We Sometimes we tighten, we pull away, we start to get over-elipted in a version of what we think might happen. And our habits of how we've adapted to being in life truly um, are up for renegotiation. And when that happens, yeah, do you want to say something? No, 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 please go right ahead. Okay. Yeah, when that happens, what ha- what I see happening so often is that we actually lose a relationship that's already here, a relationship to where we are, where we are literally in our ground, how we're sitting, what's holding us, what's supporting us, and really what's around us. There's just so much space around us. And you mentioned this in your intro, but it's true. We've all been sequestered away in small, small spaces and away from those that maybe we love. And we have not had the way of engaging that has become so much of nourishment and resource to us. And yet, how do we open to engage with really what is here, what is already here for us? And that's what I'm calling the gravity space relationship as resource for us to sort of refresh the possibility of sensing and perceiving that we do have support and we have support in our ground and we have support in space, which I'd like to talk about more, but just curious if there's something you want to say. Well, yes. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's very interesting um, because I've noticed and people that I'm talking to are whatever the space is that you're sheltering in, wherever your home is, whether it's um, 
you know, has more spaciousness to it, whether it has a yard uh, or a place that you can go outside or whether you're in a smaller apartment, you know, people are becoming more aware of their homes, right? And of the actual space mm -hmm. where they're living and uh, paying more attention. And a lot of people are gardening. They're putting their hands in the soil or they're beautifying their homes or they're fixing it up. They're doing home projects, which is, which is not exactly what we're talking about in terms of scenting the space, but it is also important because it's about making a relationship with your environment, right? Whether that environment is your home or whether that environment is yourself or some other sense of environment. It's so right. That's so right on. And that is what I'm talking about. It's really starting to refresh and recover what's already here. And so all of those acts of going out and actually seeing where you live, your space, feeling the ground, that is part of it. And yet, <laughs> moment to moment, there's always those times when we might be caught up in, oh, my goodness, what, oh, what's going to happen? Or I'm so worried about this. Or what about my next paycheck? Or my daughter? Or on and on and on. And in those moments, I bet you don't even know perceptually the seat you're sitting on, the chair you're sitting on. Mm -hmm. It goes missing or we don't feel the temperature, or we don't sense the beautiful sunset around us. And so there's a way in which those of us that are fortunate to have maybe a garden, but then there's those that are totally closed in to an apartment in a city, or there's not another family member at all in the house. And so it's the practice, and again, I say this so humbly, it really is an over-over practice, of how do I refresh what's here right now? How do I sense, feel? Where ground literally gives us a place. It'll, it gives us right now support. And each one of you listening might just take a moment. And I feel my seat on whatever I'm sitting or if I'm standing or lying down, the textures. And then it's my job to actually invite myself to surrender my own weight into being held. Because in that gravity-ground relationship, it's not like it ever goes away. <laughs> it's more like, can I keep remembering to belong to what is already here for me? And I say belong more like a verb. Um, it's not like you have to do anything to belong. It's just always here for us, this kind of support. And then what sometimes is a little more vague for people, because there's a lot of grounding exercises, is where space, which is every direction all around us, where space, resting into the space, how does that support us? How does this 360 orientation become a world that is full of possibilities for me to actually move and start exploring? Because again, in stress and anxiety and fear, usually there's a tightening away and our movements become compromised and inhibited. And in our histories often, 
we might have the lesson that, oh, if I start to reach out and explore, I got inhibited to do that in a not so pleasant way. So we're also carrying the historic response to taking up space, being curious, moving. But space is around each and every single one of us. And it's one of our freedoms of being a human animal that we actually can move in space. Mm-hmm. Unlike trees and rocks, we actually get to do that. And there is no movement life possible without that kind of movement that can begin to keep exploring and evolving and being in the ongoing creative flux. So somehow, like bowing into, um, I want to say space is teacher, like it's the ultimate teacher of receptivity. It pushes nothing away. It unconditionally allows for all our gestures and expressions. Like even if we're like having a moment of like, ah, I just need to like roar and flail and grieve. Space okay with it. Room for all of it, every bit of it. And just the unconditional love that can feel like just to know that there's room for all of you, nothing left out, nothing. Hmm. But again, this is, this is perception. This is like, um, this, this is a way of like, how do I recover where I have become untouchable or inhibited into being the space I am in space? Mm, say more about that say more about that yeah yeah so in reality we are like they say whoever they are we are 99.999 percent space so much more space than matter but most of us don't perceive ourselves that way we feel we feel like matter we're identified with our emotions and our thoughts but as we start to really open up to the airs that move through us and the systems in our bodies that can begin to flow and communicate. And as we start to open the sense portals of our skin and our eyes and hearing and tasting, we're in a fresh exchange of this moment now. And it's really... um, It's, you know, it sounds simple, but it really requires that vulnerability of not knowing. If I don't know now and I allow myself to truly be touched by what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, textures, colors, then it's fresh. It's a moment-to-moment exchange. And this, this is truly, I, I, I want to name it, it's a practice over and over. We're going to lose it. We're going to be thinking. We're going to be nervous. We're going to be in our agendas. And then it cuts off the repertoire of my movements and my sensations, and I'm overly focused on that. And then, oh, my goodness, you know, we're all like, then we have to cover our face with masks right so we're even more covered and then 
now we're doing everything on the computer and the Zoom calls and the teachings that way. And so like now I'm really just focused forward on the screen and I've lost that big 360 way in which the subtleties of where I am just space inside of space. Mm. I'm part of the context. Right. So you're saying, you know, when you're describing the complexity inside of our bodies and, you know, to think of that as really mostly space. So my organs and my blood and my bones and all of that, when we really go inside and really open up that picture, you're saying it's mostly space. Yeah, and it's sort of like, okay, you look out the window and you see, okay, you see the streams and the waters moving and then you see the plants growing and you see the sunlight and the fires and the, um, and then the breeze going through the air. It's all these elements, just like the elements of our bones, our connective tissue, our heart fire, they're all existing in this big sphere of space all the elements outside, all the elements inside, the whole display, but in space and space within each one of those. So it's a, it's a, like a refresh of like taking the action out of us being in the actual doing and more in the perceiving of the movement we are the flow we are, the exchange we are, like the simplicity of we, we all know so many breath techniques, but that without undermining the simplicity, but the profundity of like, oh, the movement, breath is movement, that air, it actually gave me more space as my lungs filled. And as I allow myself to move if I dilate it out I'm actually existing in a sphere of space sphere and this is a perceiving field it's where all my senses start to engage with the spaciousness the spatial field around us and what's I want to just highlight for a moment, which is very interesting, that in sickness, trauma, and in aging, what ages first, not our eyes, not our muscles, not our bones, it's our kinosphere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our kinosphere, our worlds around us, the spatial field around us starts to become very narrow and we lose dimensionality of our outside world and how it lands inside of us. Mm. So in this time of this pandemic, it's like we've all been sequestered away. And so how do we refresh our own kinosphere, our own spatial field, so that we can start to become relational again and not prisoners of habit? Right, and expansive even within the uh, parent confines of the particular home that you're in, right? So still reaching out perceptually while still being contained, so to speak. Exactly. Because no matter what the space you're in, 
we still have our sense portals, right? So like our skin, right? So even if you're in this teeny, teeny little room, your skin, and this is, this is such a, this is such a big doorway into helping us in this practice. Our skin is our largest organ. It is an organ, they say, of orientation. It has so many sensory receptors on it that connect us both to our inside world and our outside world. And it is said that it is so essential for our capacity to feel where we are and receive the cues from the outside world that if we were to anesthetize our whole skin where we couldn't feel anything coming in, any sensation, we'd have a psychotic break within five hours. Mm. But most of us are already touch deprived. And now we're asking again, don't touch in this pandemic, Mm -hmm. wear gloves, be separated from people. And so the, the curiosity is how do I become touchable again? How do I open my skin to then start to actually sense, feel the environment around me, no matter where it is, in the small room, in your outdoor space. I could be outdoors and not even notice and take in. And so it really is the how. How am I willing to do that, to not have an opinion, not not have a way in which my needs can only get met, but how do I freshly perceive? Hmm. Do you have a? Do you have a, perhaps a, a exercise or um, some kind of simple way that you could bring us into knowing more about what you're talking about? Yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, again, there are hundreds and hundreds of ways to start to begin to open perceptually our sense portals. But um, if you want to play along, uh, if you could take your hand and just kind of put it up to your mouth and just blow a sound into it like this. I'm just going to do it. I just blew a little sound into one hand, and I'm just feeling of that one hand compared to the other. Maybe we're a little bit more awareness of temperature, weight, even possibilities or appetites to move that hand compared to the other. And it's just like the simplicity of bringing my attention and sound to that hand. It's a little more alive and a little bit more awake to maybe what else is around it. And then I'm going to suggest that maybe you take that same hand you just found it to and place it on your face, on one mm-hmm. cheek. And, and here's a moment of touching. And again, when we're in the touching moment, so many of us just are so touch-deprived and we want touch, but when it comes, we don't actually receive it. Mm. This is the dance of like, I'm touching, but can I receive the touch and be touched back? 
and it kind of goes back and forth, but the invitation right now is can the skin of your hand feel the skin of your face and can the skin of your face feel the skin of your hand and you're just right there in the meeting. And you're in the space between the two where it's actually happening. Kind of like sometimes I think I live on a pond and I see these little water bugs on the pond and the water bugs are, yes, they're touching the water, but the water is also just floating the little bug, touching right back and the bug's going for a float. So it's like, can your hand be floated by the waters of your cheek? Nice. And then if you slightly just moved your hand away just a few inches, and you still feel the energetic touch and also rest in the space between your hand and cheek. Mm-hmm. Like I'm growing my kinesphere of like still being touched. Energy still there, space here connecting me. And again, you could keep this going and take it farther away and still here. Right, it's a wonderful course, like sens- what- it's a wonderful sensation, you know, as I'm feeling uh, the I'm feeling my cheek, I'm feeling my hand, and I'm feeling almost like an electrified or amplified or magnetic sense of the space between the cheek and the hand. Even as I'm starting to pull it out further and further, I'm still feeling that um potent space right it's not empty it's not a feeling of empty space it's a feeling of alive and space that's right and with that alive space there's actually part of that side of your face since that's what we're on that actually feels a little more here than maybe the other side because i'm being touched so as we awaken really this field of support that's already here from us. We're just waking it up. It's already here. So it's like it's the skin. I mean, you could spend an hour just touching different places and offering the blessing of your own loving touch and helping awaken. And I I just, I'll mention this. Um, I actually was quite sick with the virus and um, was in bed for five weeks. Mm. (laughs) Uh, So limited with uh, resources of of what could be support for me. I felt so bad. And um, but one of the things that I did just over and over again is I visualized different places on my land, on my property, and I would see that side of the pond and then I would see this beech tree and then I would see this corner of the garden and I would see and of course I'm naming a large space but it could be in my room right I could see that painting that maybe has been hanging there for years Mm -hmm. and I don't notice anymore or whatever it is something behind me beside me and 
Then I started placing people that I love and that I knew loved me and were praying for me in in the space around me. Mm -hmm. And I would just let that fall back into me. It's not even that I was having to reach out. I would just let their love and let that space keep falling back into me. And it really did support me because I couldn't move. I was in such pain and I just kept letting the love travel through the space, the actually the space of love, the space of people I love just fall into me over and over again. Hmm. And did that also help with any sense of, of uh, fear or contraction of fear from fear? So it's always for me, it's so immediate that when I am dissolving my thinking and my fear and go perceptual in that moment, there's actually, I'm not in fear Mm -hmm. when I'm in the sense feeling place of, okay, that bed is underneath me, supporting me. And then these people are out there and this is around me. That's where I'm living. And it does help dissolve the inhibitors, the, the ways in which we've organized ourselves to clinch and hold on. And it's this refresh of how, how we sense that does help us recover. It's not like, again, an action of so much doing, but it's, a, it's more of the receptivity of allowing what's already here of these sense portals to, to awaken the larger larger sense of space inside of us. I mean, another way I could say is we're courting what's already here. We're bringing into aliveness this creative energy that's already here and just supporting supporting our own inner movement and helping us open up to the larger um, the larger field around us because we're a process. We're not an object. We're a living process. And we want to kind of keep engaging and being adaptable to all those possibilities of, of what it's like to engage in the world instead of being shut down, even though we might be in a stay-at-home order. Are we really shut down? No. If I take the time to build my breath, to build my space, to open my skin. No, I'm alive right here, right now. And there's one other portal if I can take the time to say is so, so important, one sense portal to help do this, and that's the eyes. Our, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know about you, but I am on the computer a lot. And how... I am drawn into being focal is 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 a challenge. Sure, and, sure, yeah. And I think that you know, even before all this, most of us kind of live in a frontal world. We we see forward, but if we become too focal and our eyes become inhibited in their ability to see only what's in front of us, they have found in studies that our grounding reflexes are inhibited. 
and our vestibular system in our ears, which orient us to where we are in gravity, go missing. Mm. So eyes tightening actually supports us feeling more or less here. We now need to tighten somewhere else in our bodies because we've lost our support of where we are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the too tightening of the eyes also starts to lock down the spine. So now our inner movement starts to become restricted. Mm-hmm. So the simplicity of just starting to, and again, here's a little way in which you can play along. If we all just see something in our room, like don't look at, don't look at something like if you're, if it's too close, like a little bit farther away from you, just see something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get to see it, and you can see the color, you can see the shape, you can take appreciation and all the details. But as we see it now, what if you become a little more peripheral and you see the space around it? Mm-hmm. So it still there you're seeing it but ah there's all that around it and we're behind it and what we're doing is we're trying to track that as I start to grow more space around what it is I'm seeing what's happening inside of you what's happening to your breath your space we're going to keep it going just a little bit more that oh I'm seeing that what's around it but now how does that pour all the way between the space between us that I'm really with that potent space just like my hand from my cheek that potent space from what I'm seeing it's like all the way through the space and it's falling back into me and it takes a little bit like rest into that space more space And what arrives because more space? I'm not losing anything. I'm just with more. And then, of course, we keep going. Now me peripheral. And, oh, yeah, do I remember that I have a backspace? (laughs) This is the one that goes so, so missing on people. It's like, and you don't have to turn around and look. You know that there's space behind you, and like you might even recall in the room, like, oh yeah, what is it that's that picture or that cloth or that wall or that tree? Like, really, how can that? It's so dynamically alive for you that really now you're part of the context. You are space inside a space while you're with all these displays. I'm with that. I'm with this, and it's all happening. Yeah, it's a complete uh, sense of a shifting state when when I was following you in that exercise. I really felt so different. Um, I felt much more spread out, much more relaxed, more dissolved. My breath slowed down um, as I included more and more of the space around me. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the practice. And my goodness, of course, we're going to forget of course, you know, there's going to be that phone call or that moment or that that thought process. But what I would like to say is that if we look at the simplicity of like, okay, do I feel what's underneath me, this place that's, that's called ground, if I just kind of 
refresh it, wiggle a little bit, touch it. And then if I start to build the larger 360 orientation that, again, is like so willing to hold me, I just am in the bigger context. And and then I feel my breath, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm moving. And as I'm moving, I'm moving in space, and space is moving in me. Every inhale I take is a gift from outer space in. Every time I exhale, I'm giving my gift back out. I'm offering myself back out to all the plant life. And this bigger exchange, just that moment, I stop thinking about what I'm worried about, and I actually build more resource for my nervous system for my really my creativity is like oh now actually I see more I feel more and there's so many more options on how to live in this world how to be with what is going on even if it's uncomfortable like and this is where I just bow to space too it's like space can hold it (laughs) ground can hold yeah such a they give it to the earth give yeah. it to the space they can know it yeah. they can do it yeah give it to yeah. the trees um <laughs> yeah such a beautiful and uh, reassuring and simple way to um help people shift uh out of these more constricted places of of fear and of uh, worried thoughts and you know i love how you have been saying um using what's already here for me, right? That it's already here. And one of the things that, one of the early revelations that I had in the beginning of all of this shutdown when food was scarce, toilet paper was scarce, things were, you know, and that, oh my God, am I going to have enough? And just looking around me and recognizing I have everything I need right here, right now. And that was in terms of like, you know, groceries and, you know, the, the physical survival things. But, but what you're talking about is also on a, on a larger, more expansive, more essential level that we really do have what we need right here, right now. It's available to be used. And I love mm-hmm. that idea or that, that mm-hmm. not just the idea, but I love that, um, that recognition. Mm-hmm. that truth and the yeah and the word need is like a little tricky of course because yeah, we all have right. our um, <laughs> right what do we need actually patterning yeah, of, yeah. Mm-hmm. but what we do have even like let's say we don't have food and let's say some our bodies are hurting or they you know we it's not our preference let, let me say it that way what's going on is not our preference there's still Life is living, and support is here even for our deepest griefs and deepest sorrows mm-hmm. and pains. And when I can start to build in that kind of presencing of being held by the earth and being held in space, by space, as space, then there is a softening to be with even when it's hard. I don't want to sugarcoat this and say, oh, if you do this, you've got everything you need. But what I have is what can be of support for the whole dynamic range. 
And then hopefully it can awaken me to see where I've kind of blinded myself that um, what I thought I needed, I really, that was just, that was just a habit. That really wasn't a relationship to, to really what's happening. And we're in a big shift. We're in a big shift of what you said in the very first line of we're in a new normal. And so we need to keep adapting and adjusting to, to how to feel supported and still have our own just intrinsic life force with whatever the circumstances are. Mm. So beautifully put. <clears throat> so beautifully put. So, Rebecca, um, can you please tell people how they can find you, how they can work with you, how they can learn more about you? <laughs> Well, uh, I do have a website. It's called evolvingtherapies.com. And that's one way to locate me. Um, I teach, I did teach before this pandemic virtual classes to people not only in the United States but other countries. But now everything I'm doing is virtual. <laughs> so I, I have quite a few virtual classes. I also work with people one-on-one doing just personal tracking sessions around what's happening in their bodies and their emotions. Uh, and I also do some mentoring. So if coming to my website and contacting me is useful, I'm happy to be of service. And you are actually, you are actually located in North Carolina. I live in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Yeah. And, um, and another way to locate me is on the Continuum Teachers Association website. As a Continuum teacher, I'm also there. I have my resources there. Wonderful. Well, um, I thank you so much for this wonderful journey of a conversation. Um, very helpful. Very, uh, very perception-shifting conversation. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. Just such a pleasure to always be in conversation with you. Just wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been Passing for Normal, conversations about change. If you like our podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. It helps our audience to grow. To find out more about author Sharon Weil, go to SharonWeilAuthor.com. You can also find out more about the Changeability books and about all the guests featured in this podcast at that website. Large or small, go out today and make a brave change. Dare to bring new ideas forward. Our world needs you right now.